This is Dak Prescott, and you're listening to Faith on the Field Show. Welcome to Faith on the Field Show, presented by International Justice Mission. I'm Rob Motti with my beautiful wife, Remy. It is great to be with you on all of our radio affiliates across the country. And coming up in a couple of weeks, we're going to announce, actually soon enough, we're going to be on a new one, a new station, Yay. another station. So grateful for that opportunity. Stay tuned for that. Our guest this week is another Las Vegas Raider. I keep going back to back Las Vegas Raiders, tight end Darren Waller. And Darren's got a very uh, interesting testimony. It's it's really a strong and powerful one because he's overcome a lot in his past addiction. Uh, and he's become one of the best players at his position in the NFL. And, and when I asked him about his relationship with Raiders quarterback Derek Carr and Derek is a, a strong devout man of faith and a Christian. He said he would invite him to Bible study. And that's where he kind of really helped him in his growth, in his process. And he said that uh, Derek talked about God's grace being sufficient. And I thought we can talk about a little bit into get into that on this episode, because Paul talks about God's grace being sufficient in second Corinthians Mm -hmm. and in second Corinthians, I want to read from that because he he's going through so much pain, adversity, struggle. We know Paul's story. We know where he was in life. We know that he used to persecute Christians. We know that he used to, uh, this is what happens when you record live on video things. Uh, sometimes things don't cooperate and and microphones keep falling, (laughs) but you know what, since we're talking about Paul, how would Paul react to that? I think he'd be, he'd be okay. (laughs) Yeah. With the microphone fall. I mean, he's my man's writing some of the most joyful, powerful, books of the Bible and he's going through so much. He's being tormented. He's, yeah. he's in prison. He's bound, he's shackled. And here in second Corinthians chapter 12, he, he talks about three times I pleaded with the Lord. This is the uh, verse eight, three times I pleaded with the Lord to take it away from me. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that my so that Christ's power may rest on me. That is why, for Christ's sake, I take delight in weaknesses and insults and hardships and persecutions in difficulties. For when I am weak, then I am strong. So uh, preceding that, you know, you can't really start with Second Corinthians 12, 8 without going back a little bit and say, uh, I was given a thorn in my flesh, a messenger f- of Satan to torment me. That's what he's saying in the previous Second Corinthians 7. I was given a thorn in my flesh, a messenger of Satan to torment me. Three times he pleaded with the Lord to take it away from him. And God said to him, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. And that is such a strong and powerful lesson that Paul's trying to teach, because I I think sometimes we forget that we're all weak in so many different areas, and we all have inadequacies, difficulties, adversity that we have to deal with, uh, sins that we have to overcome, a past that may be troubling, a current situation that may be problematic, but we're never too far, and I've said this before, exact words, we're never too far gone to turn to the Lord and our story can always be used to help others. 
And, and Darren will talk about that a little bit and as Derek kind of en- enlightened him on that and helped him with it. But no matter where we think we are, no matter what troubles or struggles that we have or how far removed we are from the Lord, our story is powerful and what we can do with it, how we can turn it around and use it for good, how we can use it as a positive way when, when we just understand that God's grace is sufficient for us and we don't have to do anything else but accept it. Right. And the word torment just kind of like got me for a second there. Like it, it made me think of like, there's a lot of times, especially in our culture right now, where it's not really, it's not a lot of physical problems. It's more of emotional and mental torment mm. that gets us and gets people really stuck and really not able to move on. And it, it's that torment every single day, every single moment that just keeps nagging at you. And that's just like the enemy trying to get you to just forfeit everything God has for you because he has so much for you, but the enemy's going, I'm just going to get you to forfeit with one more thought, one more thought, just one more little <laughs> tiny little thought. I'm going to get you to forfeit everything you've worked your entire life for. Mm. And that's where we get stuck, especially as Christians, because we just, it's hard. It's so hard not to get tempted. It's so hard not to get uh, derailed. It's so hard not to look at the shiny object. It's so hard to just like, and then you have to kind of just go back and say, this is just pure torment right there. (laughs) And it is not coming from the Lord. It is coming from the enemy to make me forfeit. And every time you get those thoughts, because I get them. I say to myself, do not forfeit. Just don't forfeit. That's a that's because a great lesson. When you forfeit whatever shiny object the enemy put in front of you, he will keep dangling another one and another one and another one. There's so many shiny objects in his pocket, but they're all <laughs> illusions and they are not real. They are not they're not that shiny. They are actually like horrible and they lead to fake death. gold. Yeah, they lead to just self-destruction. That's yeah. all they do. They lead to self-destruction and they're all the same. They might look different on the outside, mm-hmm. like, you know, a, a shiny this or a shiny that. But in the core of it is just pure evil. <laughs> and it's just not going to lead to anything good. And we've all been there. We've all been there. You know, could be any little thing, any big thing, whatever. But it all leads to the same thing. And we just have to kind of stop, think mm-hmm. and just say, this will make me forfeit. And I don't want to. You know, I read and I don't want to I don't want to mess up this saying. But I, I think I have it. And as you're talking about that, it, it reminds me of it. It's, it's the enemy will never tell you the price that you have to pay for something. Yeah, the price the cost, is not included. Right. The cost yeah. isn't is not in your face. You know, no. we go to a store or we go shopping somewhere. We go into the market. You go to a car dealership. You go um, <laughs> online looking at homes or, or wherever you whatever you're doing. Right. There's always a price tag attached to it. Right. But when you're being tormented, as you said, by uh, temptation from the enemy, when when that's in our lives, he's not going to attach a price tag. He's not going to say, well, that going back, if if your no, issue his is argument is going to actually make a lot of sense. That's right? the funny thing. The yeah. argument is going to be so oh, you're gonna good. feel so much better. Yeah. <laughs> suppose it's an addiction right it, right it's yeah. alcohol or like whatever or it's whatever, wh- whatever it, it may be and yeah. you've stayed away or that's your problem that's what that's the thorn in your side using paul's terminology and and you're 
that opportunity presents itself. You may want to have all oh, that drinks going to make you feel good. It never tells you the cost. It never tells you what's going to happen. The price you have to pay for as I, and I love using your, your use of the word forfeit, because we talk about winning and losing in sports all the time. We talk about, and you know, when Darren's, uh, as he comes up and we, we talk to him, it's, it's great because he talks about a little bit um, how players, you know, I ask him about Derek Carr being a quarterback who hasn't won much. And uh, you know, you're judged on championships and he says, but there's so much more than that, right? right? There's so much more to a person than the championships that they have won or haven't won than their playoff success or lack thereof. And, and as you were use the word forfeit, that's, that's kind of like how, you know, I often uh, apply a lot of things in my spiritual, I think we always have like spiritual warfare, right? We're always, it's kind of a, a give and take, a back and forth. I always attack it from the mindset of being like, uh, I'm a sports reporter, uh, I'm an athlete, uh, or I used to be an athlete. I'd, I'd like to think I'm still athletic somewhat. Yeah. I always want to win, right? I always want to win. I don't want to forfeit. I don't want to give up. I don't want to lose. I don't want I don't want someone else to get that victory. I don't want, in this case, the enemy to get that victory. Right. No, I, I totally understand. I mean, <laughs> we all do that. We all have our own little like thing that just, you know, keeps nagging at us, whatever it may be. Yeah. Like you might be going through something. I might be going through something. The idea is whatever it is that is tormenting you, whether it's physical, emotional, whatever it might be, whatever it is, surrender it because there's mm. grace that is sufficient for it. There's enough grace to cover it. There's enough grace to help you through it. And all you have to do is just, just say, help me, Lord, help me, help me with this. And all of a sudden you will hear like a word here or a word there. Even sometimes social media is good with that. Um, like something will pop up and you would read it and you're like, that was definitely like yeah. a sign, you know, that's something that would like kind of reel you back because mm-hmm. God will use everything. He will use everything. He will, he will use social media to help you uh, reel you back. He will use friends. He will use a sermon. He will use post, whatever, a friend texting you. He will use everything and anything because there's nothing under the sun that he did not create. He knows exactly what everything else and, and he, he can use everything and anything. So, but don't use the signs wrong. Like if, if you're going through something and then somebody, like if you're trying to get, <laughs> trying to get over like a drinking problem and then you see a sign with a drink or something that doesn't mean you should drink. Okay. So right. don't, don't take this the wrong way. Just <laughs> <laughs> please don't like, you know, go and say, Oh, yeah, you know, I, I God is telling me to drink. He's not. Okay. So there's nothing, everything that's good and holy is coming from the Lord. Everything that is not, is not from him. Well said up next, you're going to hear from Las Vegas Raiders tight end, Darren Waller. You're listening to faith on a field show presented by international justice mission. Today, over 40 million people are being forced into trafficking and slavery. One in four are children. We cannot allow them to suffer in silence. We need you. We need everybody. Go to IJM.org backslash take action, get information, understand how you can be involved. Because of the work that you are committing to do, they will be free. This is Derek Henry, and you listen to Faith on the Field Show. back to Faith on the Field Show presented by International Justice Mission. I'm Rob Motti going solo this week. If you're listening to us for the first time, you can go to faithonafieldshow.com, find every episode since we launched in 2017. We've had an awesome lineup of guests. You can listen anytime at your convenience on any of the podcast platforms. 
You'll hear the full interviews on there. Be sure also to follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Faith on the Field. And tell a friend or two about the show. I want to take a second to thank all of our wonderful sponsors, awesome sponsors. Please check them out on our website, International Justice Mission. They do terrific work fighting against trafficking and human slavery. Also, Heritage's Dairy Stores. If you would like to be a sponsor for our show and help our ministry grow, please reach out to us at team at faithonafieldshow.com. We have packages that we can cater specifically to fit your needs. And our goal is to be on a sports radio station in every state. So if you don't have a business to advertise on, but you want to help the ministry, we do have a donate button on our page on faithonafieldshow.com. Our guest this week, Darren Waller, is one of the NFL's top tight ends. He was a Pro Bowl player in 2020, and he's overcome a lot of adversity to get to this point. I know you're out at OTAs. What's it been like with a new coach there for the Raiders? Um, I feel like it's been great. The competitive spirit at practice has been sky high, uh, just the offense and defense going at it. It's been a lot of fun, honestly. The two hours of practice just kind of fly by. Um, But yeah, just the way that the offense is, the new system is challenging us in in a positive way uh, to learn a lot lot of new things, develop a lot of new uh, routes and skills and stuff. Uh, I feel like it's, it's been a great OTA so far. There's a lot of guys around the league, Darren, who are skipping OTAs for various reasons. Some just want to spend more time with their family. I just put together a whole list today. Uh, a lot of notable players, great players are around the league, contract issues or whatever it may be. Why is it important for you to be there? Um, it's important for me to be here just because in my, it just in, since my life has gotten better, just taking the perspective of what I can give as opposed to what I can get, you know, and I feel like what I can give is, you know, a different perspective to my teammates, just bring a certain level of just, you know, peace and, you know, middle ground as just helping guys that may be struggling with whatever they may be struggling with, just, you know, creating an environment of like, you know, you got somebody there that kind of cares about you and is going to go about business in the right way. And just a leader that's not going to fake the funk or talk something that he ain't living out. So I feel like just being around that every day is, you know, a big part of the team environment, you know, it's, it's, it's bigger than me or whatever is going on with me. Uh, and I enjoy being around them. So it's important for me to be there. Well, let's get into that a little bit, because I, I did want to touch on that with you, how important it is for you to talk about your story, your journey, what you've overcome, um, helping youth, but not obviously not just helping youth, maybe helping a younger teammate, helping guys who may be going through some of the things you've experienced. You overcame a lot of uh, some addiction issues. And, and how do you go about that? And, and how you know, how has it taken over and become that much of a priority for you to, to give back, to help out that way? Right. Uh, one, I feel like just by being vulnerable is uh, it's resulted in freedom for myself uh, because when I hide certain things or when I mask certain pain, it's like, you know, it's always going to be there. Even if I think it's not or try to make myself believe that it's not, it's still there and I'm carrying around with me. So when I acknowledge it, I take the power from it and it allows me to be freer. You know, I don't walk around shamed with shame and guilt and things like that. And I just want to try to share that truth with other people. That's why if I go into a conversation, I'll initiate the vulnerability and, you know, and say like, you know, I'm struggling with certain things or I'm scared about certain things or I'm, or I may be worried. And it could just kind of let people know that, I mean, no matter what I've accomplished or how people view me, I'm still a human being at the end of the day. We all have issues and just kind of lets people know that, you know, you don't have to be perfect or you don't have to, it's okay to feel whatever you're feeling and go through what you're going through. But it's, I just don't think it's okay anymore for us to mask that pain and call it strength, you know, or call it toughness. Like I just don't feel like that applies anymore. And I just want to be one of those people that kind of changes the narrative. 
what helped you get through those moments, those tough times, uh, the addiction, uh, that journey? Uh, I know I went through some similar stuff in, in my past. For me, it was my faith that pulled me out. What was it for you? Uh, that, was, that was it for me, was, de- was developing a faith uh, throughout that process. I know I went to church when I was a kid and was in church like kind of when I was in high school, but I realized looking back, it was more of like a transactional religion, kind of like if I do these things well, God will give me something as opposed to just, you know, having a higher power, whoever that is for somebody to walk with on a day-to-day basis and to, you know, help give you a new perspective and a new peace as you go about your day. So that definitely helped me in those times where being honest about my journey with therapists and, you know, in rehab was so raw and it was just opened up wounds that, you know, I felt like I didn't need want to open up anymore, but that faith helped me get through that process and see like on the other side of that was something good. And it, in reality it was. So uh, it was faith for me as well. I know DC Derek Carr's uh, a man of, of strong faith. Do you have those conversations with him? Uh, has he been somebody who you've kind of maybe leaned on as, as you sometimes, if you experience any of those moments where you need someone to talk to? Yeah. I mean, that's where like, you know, people talk about like our relationship, or our rapport kind of started just when I first got to the Raiders and it was like, you know, they signed me and, you know, people kind of knew my history and it was kind of just like, all right, like, we'll see how it goes. But it's like, you know, he and they were he would hold he was holding Bible studies on Mondays after the games and I would go to him and I was kind of sharing just, you know, kind of real and kind of raw because I was just like, well, I got used to. And, uh, you know, he was just somebody that was just like, you know, you know, God's grace is sufficient and it's it's uh, it's not about what you've done. You're still here and you can still be used and you can, there's power in your testimony. And it's like hearing stuff from him, I'm just like, yeah, man, like, it, you know, kind of gave me some confidence. And then it's like, that turns into, you know, if I'm out there with him, he's throwing me the ball, you know, I don't want to let him down. So I'm going to do what I can to, you know, help support him as well. So yeah, Derek was somebody that helped me out a lot uh, when I first got to the Raiders. Yeah, you know, we see like from the media side, sometimes you get to see players and you look at them as you know, for their stats, what they accomplish on the field, whether they're successful when playoff games don't win playoff games. But that stuff that you're talking about right there, that behind the scenes, like enabling each other, helping each other to improve as, as a man, as a father. Man, that's that's like a strong bond that sometimes we don't see. Do you get into that? And I know you do a, a podcast, uh, Comeback Stories. Do you talk about some of that stuff? Yeah, absolutely. Because it's like, you know, the results of things are nice and we've been taught to, you know, emphasize the results. And it's like, yeah, we want to see our work pay off, you know, in the highest form. At the end of the day, it's like, it's kind of like a narrative. If you don't accomplish these certain things, you're a failure. And it's like, I don't think that's the case. And I don't think it's a good thing to define a human being or their, their work as being a failure. You know, we fail, we may fall short, but it's like, as far as being a failure, I don't think that's that's the thing. But the most value that I take out of football, and I feel like the things that I'll miss the most is the relationship with my teammates and just the laughing and, you know, the conversations that we have and just realizing, like, yeah, this game is important, but this game ain't it. Like, I still got 60 years of my life left after I get done playing. It's like, what am I going to do then if my whole identity is wrapped up in this game, you know? So it's just like finding that balance between the two of, pouring everything in the football because it's important and it's opened so many doors for so many of us, but at the same time, knowing that, you know, we're human beings as well. And they're in the grand scheme of things, there are much more important things that we need to look at and, and, and deal with. No doubt. Let me get back to football for a second. How excited are you to play with Devonte Adams, man? Uh, very excited uh, guys as advertised. I mean, you know, I was just saying like, we just 
watching him release off the line of scrimmage and just leave people in the dust, just like that they're giggling, you know. So it's uh, awesome to have a guy of that caliber. But he's also cool, too, and just like, you know, wants to be a member of the team, wants to be part of. I think that's really cool as well. So it's awesome to have him. What can he do for your game individually? Yeah, obviously, teams are going to have to pay even more attention when someone like him is on the field. And how can that help you? Um, yeah, it helps me out a lot. If they're focusing attention and extra people towards him, and it's a one-on-one matchup on me. I like my chances in a one-on-one matchup. Uh, that's just the confidence that I have in my ability. Um, and then, you know, vice versa, if it's something where point in the game where they, they go that route and then, you know, I start heating up and they try to change it up. If you have us on the same side of the field or, you know, just on the field together in general, it's like, you know, what can you do? You kind of got to, it's almost like a pick your poison. You throw in Hunter Renfro, you throw in Foster Moreau, you throw in, you know, these guys that are out there making plays at practice that nobody's expecting to do uh, much, the common fan. And it's just like, you know, it, it makes for a pretty dangerous uh, unit. Oh, for sure. Darren, I, I talked to George Kittle about, tight end university, which he has coming up and just tight ends in general, how the, the money hasn't been where it is for wide receivers and, and how guys can start changing that and who can. And when you see like someone like uh, David and Joku get the money that he did, what is, what do you think? Well, how do you view that? Like what's the first thought that comes to your mind? First me, first thought me seeing David and Joku, I was like, that's, that's fire. Like, I mean, dude, that dude, that dude's a freak, man. And it's like, you know, it may not have been, you know, put together in the form that it can be as far as his ability, as far as like maybe like 16 games or a whole season. But that dude has a build, serious ability. And it's like you look at guys like Kittle and, and Kelsey and you look at Zach Urshan, who's in Philly and Greg Olson, who's in Carolina. Uh, it's like, you know, you see guys that have the ability to carry a passing game. And it's like people that have the ability to be to carry a passing game, you know, there's nothing wrong with them being compensated as somebody that can carry a passing game, you know. So I definitely – support George and what he says and his stance on that and uh and just what he does to you know enhance the entire position just being around like the tight end you last year I just being around him there's no like I mean of course guys want to you know compete and get better but it's like it's almost like a togetherness and it's like he wants to see everybody win and I think that's contagious and I think that's awesome about him are you going to uh Nashville it's yeah, later be, this I'll, month yep what do you uh, – I know he said that some quarterbacks are coming this year to throw to you guys, but it's it's really more about that camaraderie, isn't it? Like just hanging out with each other, getting to know each other, going over some routes. And uh, what, what did you get out of it last year? Um, yeah, I mean, you talk about just building relationships with guys, having conversations with them just as human beings, but also like the classroom aspect. You got guys, uh, you know, George teaching more specifics about run game, Um you got uh, Greg Olson teaching certain routes that he was able to build, you know, a career off of, of just running consistently. Uh, Travis Kelsey talking about just his creativity and his route running and, you know, not being a robot and how you run routes, just running lines on paper, but really putting your almost putting your personality into how you run routes. And then, you know, I was able to get up there and talk about like option routes and choice routes. So it's just like guys that are amazing in different facets of their games, sharing uh, and not being afraid to share, you know, what they've learned and the knowledge they've accumulated doesn't get any better than that. Darren, tell me about partnering with uh, Icy Hot and their new pro line and and what really attracted you to that? Um, yeah, partnering with Icy Hot, uh, especially like the pro line, uh, is something that I feel like is aligned with my values today. Uh, you know, being addicted to painkillers, I got to go about the day-to-day pain differently. Um, having this opportunity to 
not only, you know, be a part of their brand, but to use the product and see, you know, it helped me as I go out to practice. And as soon as I get off the field, you know, it, it really does help me. Uh, I feel like it's something that was a no brainer to be a part of. And just, you know, the pro time off campaign is to get people to take their recovery seriously, even though they may not be pro athletes, they play, you know, in a rec league or have their activities. And it's like, they push themselves, but they may not be putting the emphasis on recovery. That's what I see. I was trying to do to get them to step that recovery game up because it's important. And I support it. Well, listen, man, I, I know it's tough for me getting out of bed. Sometimes I feel the aches and pains and I'm nowhere near uh, on your athletic level. So uh, anything like that, uh, if it's going to help you, I know it can help someone like me. So uh, uh, for sure. Hey, man, I appreciate your time, Darren. Thank you so much. And uh, I look forward to seeing how you, you guys do this year and, and seeing you uh, w- with the Raiders and, and a new coach and everything else. Yes, sir, man. Appreciate you, Rob. That's it for this week. Thank you to Darren Waller. Thank you to Doug, Pastor Scott, and everyone on our team. And thank you for listening to Faith on a Field Show presented by International Justice Mission. For Remy, I'm Rob Motti reminding you, make a difference. Be a blessing. Today, over 40 million people are being forced into trafficking and slavery. One in four are children. We cannot allow them to suffer in silence. We need you. We need everybody. Go to IJM.org backslash take action, get information, understand how you can be involved. Because of the work that you are committing to do, they will be free. We have operations all over the world, rescuing people from slavery. Because today there are criminals who abuse children, sell girls. How old is she? force families into slavery. Criminals prey on the easiest target, the world's poor, because they expect no one to defend them. But today, there are thousands of people gathering to seek justice for those in slavery. We are a group of lawyers, counselors, activists, and supporters. We are called International Justice Mission. And together, we form the largest international anti-slavery organization in the world. But slavery won't come to an end until criminals know they can't get away with it. So we partner with local police to arrest and prosecute criminals. This sends a message to slave owners. We will not go away. We stay with the survivors until they are healed, until they are free. Each year, we rescue thousands of slaves and protect millions around the world. We are transforming how justice systems protect their citizens. To those who are still enslaved, We promise to find you. We will get you home to your families so you can have the freedom you deserve.